explode them to the Old Man Orange podcast. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes, bringing you another Old Man Orange Presents via VHS episode. One of them from the rarities vault that we have from back in the day that just never got put out. So come join us for another fun-filled retro movie review. Let's jump on in. So welcome to another episode of the Via VHS Retro Movie Podcast. Um, it's going to be a fun episode. We're not going back in time. We're going to fast forward. Oh, yeah. Little, little gimmick we have, an excuse to review new movies, but we try to stick to films from franchises of, you know, the VHS era. So there was ever a Star Wars or, um, you know, James Bond or anything like that. Uh, something that was popular in the seventies, uh, eighties or nineties. And they come out with a new installment, which happens like every fucking week. And <laughs> yeah, we, the- then we have something to, to talk about. So we're doing one of those. Now, speaking of fast forward, did you ever have one of the VCRs that had the time codes on it so that when you record your movies, you could write down like the literally the number. And then when you're fast forwarding through it on the taped one and you had like three movies on your VHS, you knew exactly where the next one started at. OK, we're going to have to start over <laughs> because something popped up on the screen. You went away. I couldn't hear you. Oh, of course. That always happens. I apologize. Yeah, I'm sorry. But at least it happened right now. Yeah, it's better like, it happened now instead of like, you know, 15 minutes from now. Yeah. And like, I heard you start to say, and then I caught the tail end of something about VHS, and I, I just missed it. Uh, I'll bring it up when we do it again. Okay, cool. <clears throat> so, welcome to another episode of the Via VHS Retro Movie Podcast. This could be a fun episode. We're not going back in time. No rewind review this week. We're going to fast forward. We're chugging along. Uh, every week, there's a new movie. Uh, that's released. It's uh, from a uh, it's a reboot, a sequel, a prequel, uh, something that's you know uh, brought to us by the VHS era. It's a new installment of a VHS era franchise. And uh, this week we have Prey, the new mm-hmm. uh, installment in the Predator franchise. So we're gonna fast forward. And as always, I'm joined. Where do we go? Rewind, review, fast forward, whatever we're doing. I'm joined by Spencer Scott Holmes. How you doing? Hey, hey, hey. You know, speaking of Fast forwarding. Did you ever have one of those VCRs back in the day that had the time codes on it so that like when you tape movies off TV and you had about three of them on a VHS, you knew exactly where to start the next movie because mm. you just fast forward that exact time? I don't think I did. I don't think I did. They, they were kind of I don't know if they're kind of fancy or they, I think they just kind of stopped making it. You know, you probably could always buy them for a price, but it felt like past like the early 80s. It's like they kind of started pulling that away in a sense and probably just made it for like the high end ones, I guess. But I just happened to have one that had it. And I remember because all like the VHSs would always have like five digit numbers written on them. So you knew exactly where to fast forward it to. Wow, that's kind of impressive. Yeah, it's a cool feature. It's like one of those ones that you don't think about it, but you could almost have done the thing where you had chapters on a VHS and you would just have it like on a little sleeve on inside that would just give you the numbers. So it'd be like a DVD or a Laserdisc, you know, but. VHS was way more, uh, you could do a lot more VCRs than people realize today. Yeah. Like I remember, I think I, think I mentioned before, like I wanted to beat Star Fox one time on N64 and I found a way to record it. Yeah. I can't remember how I did it, but I like some work around and I figured out how to record me playing Star Fox. Well, it's I'll, ju- it's I'll just like a re- recording a movie off TV, you know? Yeah. I remember because I used to do that too. I record video game stuff, but there's like back in the day, we're like, well, I don't know what to do with this now. And then look at it myself and show my friends. Yeah. Just proof that I beat this game, if you don't believe me. <laughs> yeah. But that was the way I think. Well, actually, no, I was saying in, in uh, the Atari days, you had to take a photo like when you got your high score and you would send it in. They'd give you like the little badges and so on like that. So you could like put your like Atari like merit badge collection across like your sash. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> I want one of those. I want a Atari merit badge sash. Of course, I wouldn't get any because I'm terrible. Yeah, you, you, you got to get certain high scores on everything. But, um, yeah. you know, the, you know, another good feature about VCR is that this is the one thing that I felt like no, nothing else has ever been kind of like it. I mean, I guess if you log into your account nowadays, you can do it on streaming ones. But one of the best parts about VHS is I could be watching a movie right here and then I get like a half an hour into it. And then I literally come over to your house. We put the v- VHS back in. It starts off right there. Like that feature in itself. I mean, it's a tape. So, I mean, you know, it's logical why it is. But that was the thing. I remember when DVDs and laser discs and you Blu-rays and all that stuff. It's like that feature right there is so nice when you want to switch between different ones. Or even if you're just in your house, you're like, eh, I feel like moving to the bedroom. Pop it out. 
plug it back in, continue your movie right where you left off at. Dude, I have movies behind me that I've gotten. I, I've paid. We'll, we'll talk about Prey in just a second. I have probably paid less than $100 for every VHS I own. That's why I want to consider myself a, like a serious collector because I don't go after the rare, obscure stuff. I'm not like a catalogist, but I've I've picked stuff out of here. Let's just throw it in the TV and just plop it on and just see what happens. And it'll be like halfway through the movie, three quarters of the way, you know, 25% through a movie. And I, I sit there and think, okay, when's the last time this tape has been actually played? Exactly. And and years ago, someone was watching this. Maybe they're like getting too sleepy, decided to cut it off. Maybe you got to get a snack and then never went back to it. So years ago, somebody stopped this tape at this particular spot, made a decision to stop it there and never went back. And 10 yep. years later, I'm restarting it. Could be from another state. They could have moved to North Carolina. It's just it's kind of crazy. Yeah, there's like this connection thing there, and so there, like it that. is. It is. There's yeah. a connection. You're, you're. It's almost like um, cryogenically freezing an experience. <laughs> yeah, and then like I'm reviving it here, um, like Han Solo out of the <laughs> shit. You know. Anyway, pray. Yes, um, pray. We're doing Predator this week, so we did Predator one, Predator two, and we're skipping the other ones, and we're doing pray. We could have. Predators is pretty darn good. Yeah. Like Predator 3 is, you know, it's definitely up there for me. It's it's pretty solid. The Predator, I think we're both agree. We kind of talked about it for a second. Yeah. Off, I, off, I, off, you know, off air, but it was all right. Yeah. I, I want to give it the, the, the college try again because I haven't seen it since theaters. And as I said, I just had such a like. It should. It just sounds like it should have been like like one of the greatest Predator movies ever. You had all the ingredients there. You had Shane Black. He was writing and directing it and all this stuff. And then it was like, it was a comedy movie first and foremost, which is a really not what I was ever expecting in Predator. Like Predator is one of those ones. That's, it's a multi genre experience of sci fi, action, horror, all this kind of stuff. But you don't think of like you know what's going to outweigh it? Comedy, a little bit of sci fi, a little bit of horror, a little bit of action. The comedy wasn't over the top in the original Predator. It was, it was funny one line like even when. You know, they're doing the pussy jokes and stuff like that. It's like yeah. um, it it works within the film. Uh-huh. And, you know, I ain't got time to bleed and stick around and all the things that are in there. It doesn't detract from the tone of the film. And the Predator didn't know what it was. Predators was OK. Um, I need to watch that. I've never watched the Alien versus Predator movies. I, I like I liked them a lot when they came up. Probably I was just more excited because that was the first uh, Predator I got to see in theaters was Alien versus Predator. So, like, I was ecstatic about it, but I always enjoyed that one. The second one's kind of, I don't know, that's another one I've only seen it once, so I kind of want to give it another go just to see, you know, what the hey. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there it is right there. Yeah, throw it on screen since I have it. I don't have Predator 2 on VHS, though. Yeah, I don't have that one either. Because that's one of those movies I didn't get to own it until the DVD copy came out. Mm. It has a better cover than, well, actually, I don't know. It has a better cover than this because that poster for Predator it's one of actually my favorite posters of all time for yeah. Schwarzenegger. And he's got the gun and it's got the, like the, the uh, infrared background. It's really cool. Yeah, I know that, that one's a sweet one there, but um, I guess getting to pray, pray is the one that like sort of came out under, under the radar. Like this movie just felt like uh, just a couple of months ago. It's like, Oh yeah, by the way, here's a trailer for a new movie. And if you, if you know, if you weren't really like keen in on it you would think this is something else you know what i mean like it's one of those ones like it doesn't really give away right off the bat that oh yeah it's a predator I mean, it makes sense prey predator the words go together but you know for the, the average viewer i felt like they probably don't know what this is coming out they probably see prey and even like you look at the cover on hulu and it's one of those ones that doesn't tell you that that's a predator movie whatsoever at all yeah i think they're trying to distance themselves from some of the other stuff which is probably a good decision Mm-hmm. Thus far has been the most successful thing Hulu has ever released um, yeah. in terms of a movie. Um, <clears throat> it's getting great reviews. There's like a little bit of uh, Nick Beard backlash, I would say. Just Ooh. a little bit. Don't you think so? Backlash against what part? Well, just the, there's there's some backlash against the, the perceived wokeness of it. Oh, uh, which, well... Uh, I mean, the only thing it really has is it just has kind of like um, just a woman just going like, hey, you know, I, I know that like when they picked my numbers when I was born, they said I was going to be a healer. You know, when, when I was born on Krypton and 
it shows what I was supposed to be in life, but I want to be a hunter. So it's got a little bit of that in there. And I'll say is you probably could do the movie the same way without her having to do any of that kind of stuff and just being like she could just be a hunter out there, but she could be like a Laura Croft. Like nobody ever questions Laura Croft. And then the fact they go, you ever notice that this, uh, you know, millionaire is running around shooting exotic animals and doing, you know, you know, gymnastics tricks all over the place and stealing gold. <laughs> but beyond that, though, it's like, I mean, it's there like I, it's there. I'll say it's, it's there if you want to point it out. But it's but it's one of those ones. If you're just watching the movie, I don't think it, it's not so much there like other movies where it's almost feels like they got to stop and the, the screen shuffles over and someone walks out and goes, let me tell you what's going on really quickly. Like one of those ones totally breaking the fourth walls, because that's yeah. my biggest thing is when they do that. As I said, this one here, it's just like all it is, is it. You know, her her brother and his like kind of like, you know, sort of like in a sense, douchey friends going out like if, if this was in like the 90s, it'd be all out on ATVs right now. But like <laughs> since they're Native Americans, they're out there with the like, Hey, who's bringing the skirt along for a hunting trip? You know, it's supposed yeah. to be all men. What if I want to get naked? You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, we can't do that now. There's a woman here. Oh, well, you yeah, see, that's it. Well, it's, it's <laughs> here's the thing with this movie. First of all, let me just get that part out of the way before I kind of give my first thought on it. Um. The only thing I get more annoyed than woke stuff is people complaining about woke stuff. Like this movie, it's just have fun with it. Enjoy it. It's the only time I got annoyed. And by the way, we're talking spoilers here. So we're going to oh, yeah, get yeah. into it. Um, the only time I really got annoyed with the, the female thing is when she kind of sliced through that like group of uh like French fur trappers, like hot butter, like, like no problem at all. That's, but I think I would have had a problem if that was a guy too. It really wasn't about her. Like she just, yeah, it's just, here's these guys that are all, let's be honest, well-trained. They're, they're not, they, they make them out like they're a bunch of just like slack jawed guys out there yeah. hanging out in the woods. And yeah, sometimes there's that kind of thing there. It's like, well, she had a hard time with like, you know, a couple of these creatures in the beginning and she took out how many of those guys at once? But yeah, whatever. it was still kind of a cool action scene. It was a great day. action scene. I mean, let's just, yeah. This movie was, and I want to say I love this movie. Mm-hmm. So before, I, what I'm about to say is not an insult, but it's true. This movie is an R-rated Disney movie. And I'm not saying that Disney owns it and distributes it because they own Fox and they own Hulu. And this is a, technically a Disney movie. I mean, this so is te- little... I mean, technically it's a Disney movie nowadays, but which yeah. is the weird part when you think about it. Yeah. Which I'm not saying I'm not saying it in that context. I mean, for like from a formula standpoint, it's a Disney movie. It's like, it's not very different than Mulan or. Yeah. I was going to say it's literally Mulan with a predator. Yeah. It's, it's like, they just took this like, 90s character mom mom says i can't do this and everybody in the tribe says i'm you know i can't be a hunter but i have a dream of being a hunter and i'm you know really cool and i'm great with the movie brave or 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 mulan or any of those and i'm not this is not an insult no i think it's just really cool you get those movies which i like mulan and brave's okay oh yeah i love mulan but yeah. yeah so it's just really cool. Like, Hey, this is basically Mulan except like it's R rated and gory and just great action. <laughs> exactly. It's pretty cool. I mean, really my only complaint to the movie and it's really not the movie at all. It's actually just the distribution of it. They really screwed the pooch by not making this a theater movie though. Like this movie was shot to be in cinemas. I don't know why they thought it, sh- it, it you know, it, it could have been both like what, what HBO or what Warner brothers does where they put it in theaters and it goes to HBO at the same time. It should have done that. Like I, I, that's the only thing when I was watching this movie, that was all I was thinking. I was like, man, I'm so bummed. I can't watch this in theaters because this movie was made to be in theaters. Cause that was my thing that kind of scared me at first. When I heard straight to DVD or straight mm. to video, I was like, yeah, mostly when that kind of happens, not saying they can't be good, but it says that there's going to be they're not there. A lot of times those movies are never as good as they should be. But this movie was shot like it was a triple A, like going to theaters like they, they didn't. They spared no expense. Let's say that the only thing that was held back from, I think, being on a streaming platform as opposed to theatrical. I think it was a theatrical release. Some of the C, the CGI bear would look better and a few things like that. The CGI yeah. bear looked pretty bad. Well, I mean, I'll still say like. You know, even if it was probably a Predator movie, like that would that would have came out now, like that CG probably would have been what the movie had. Because when I when I say like it's high end for like a horror movie, but not necessarily like it's going to compete with like you know a really like you know a couple million or a couple hundred million dollar movie. You know what I mean? But for it still could have fit in the theater realm. Oh yeah, I think I would have. I thought the same thing early on. Like 
some of the opening shots and just and it has a real cinematic quality to it. I would have liked to seen this in theaters, but at the same time, based on really, if you can, um, you can make the argument. There's only been one really good predator movie since the original. I think there's been two, but a lot of people can say that they don't like predators or predator two. Real, I've never heard people say they don't like Predators very much. Like that one's always the one that was like kind of like that was mostly always considered like the high bar one right after Predator one. Like, yeah, it's definitely one of the more you know the best ones. But I think it's you know especially after the last Predator movie, the Predator. Yeah, I think this franchise was kind of in a place where you. I think streaming kind of helps it because it's really hard to get people sold on a theatrical release when something didn't do as well at the box office, but somebody comes along with a really, really good idea for something. And if you're going to put it in theaters and give it a big budget, they're going to be like, nah, we, it's a really good idea. We like it, but we can't risk it. But mm-hmm. with streaming, you might be able to say, okay, let's see if we can revive this franchise here. Yeah. And you know, maybe that's what they did. I mean, cause this was, this was damn good. Well, it, it makes sense. Cause especially like one of those ones, you do skip some expenses by not going to cinemas. That's definitely true. And it is one of those ones, like if it goes to theaters, this would have been one of those kind of movies that probably would have been like, well, it made its money back, but it didn't make anything great because it would have just attracted just the Predator fans. Let's be honest, like in horror movie and action fans, I guess when you're on Hulu and this is, I think, what they were shooting for. And by having the movie not really look like it's a Predator movie, they're, they're, they're I think they're looking to sort of capture They were going to run into like some children who were just who had no idea really what the Predator was. And this was going to be their gateway film. I think that's what they were really shooting for with this one. Is this was going to capture, you know, the children, the teenagers, and so on. Like, then there's, there's going to be an old person turns it on, and they get about half an hour into it. Like, oh, what the hell is a predator in this movie? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, they're not going to. I think that's what they're they're trying to do. Is they're just going like, hey, most people have no idea what they're getting into. And I think that was kind of the success there. I mean, and they pushed it hard on Hulu. Like, I mean, like you turned Hulu on, and I was like. That that's what came up first. It was like almost oh, like an yeah. ad for it, practically. So they they were they were sparing no expense as far as that part goes. But here's the thing with that, and this kind of ties into what we were talking about, you know, recently. Um, when you hear this episode, Predator Two episode will also be out. I think it was Predator Two when we were talking about Batgirl. Yeah, and all that situation within, or like we're well, saving all this money on marketing, and I'm I'm looking at this movie. Is marketing is not traditional anymore. You're not buying. They probably did buy some TV ads. Yeah. And, you know, things like that. And it was probably, but I don't watch a whole lot of regular TV until football season. Right. I think they buy the YouTube ads too. That's the other big one. Yeah. YouTube ads are probably the biggest thing that they bought, but they, you have all the social media that you can use for free, basically. Yeah. Um, You're advertising it on Hulu. Um, So people who watch it on, you know, and then you put the trailer on YouTube and social media. People are going to share it for you. Marketing has the cost of marketing has to be significantly less than it used to be. Oh, by far, for sure. And and I think um, so you, you know, it is kind of a shame on that end, because if you did put this in theaters and it got word of mouth, you could have made a lot of damn money because what was you know what the budget was on this thing? I didn't even look. I don't know. I could take a look real quickly here. Yeah. What kind of it was. Um. It does. I guess it doesn't say if it's a. Yeah, it might since not. It's not. Since it's not a theater movie, at least it just doesn't say on the Wikipedia page. So somewhere in there, there's probably a budget. But um, yeah, I don't know why it doesn't say it. But yeah, it'll come up as time goes on too. But well, on Forbes Hollywood and Entertainment, the first thing that pops up when I looked that up was why Prey likely would have struggled in theaters. And you're, you know, uh, I haven't obviously read this because I just saw it. But I mean, that's kind of the thing I was thinking too. Is like. People were kind of down on this franchise, but there's so much potential for it. Mm-hmm. And there's so many good ideas out there that maybe they didn't want to give up. And this is a good scenario. Maybe maybe there's some other. I mean, honestly, Alien would benefit maybe from something like this if, if it was done well. Yeah. Well, you know, kind of revive it. Yeah. I mean, because as I kind of said that earlier, I think what happens if it goes to theaters, let's be honest, it's just the fans that are going to show up to it. Yeah. And the fans never pay the bills. It's, it sounds weird, but like there, there's not enough fans for any franchise to really pay the bills. You need to kind of get the the regular folks to come on in, you know, who don't you know care. I mean, they like it, but they don't they're not going to go out of their way like the fans will, because, you know, the fans probably I always feel like for any franchise, for the most part, the fans only make up probably less than 10 percent 
of like the actual money you make. The most of it's probably just mom and pop in Oklahoma showing up, paying the bills for it that way. You know, just people walking in with their buddies that they don't know what they're really getting into, like that kind of stuff. And I feel like in cinemas, it's at that point where that's kind of how it is. But that's where I feel like if you just would do the thing where you double release it, where like it's on Hulu and that's where you're really focused mm-hmm. on trying to get people in. But have it still appear like it don't really advertise it hardcore for the cinemas, because the thing is, the people that are into the cinema nowadays, I feel like are already in the loop. I mm-hmm. mean, I know I'm kind of just saying that, but like it seems like every theater now pretty much has an app, pretty much has, you know, a pass that you pay per month to go there. It seems like if, if I mean, if you're really in the cinema, so, you know, everything that's coming up. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And that almost tells you what there is there. And that audience, you could have just captured and let them have, you know, their enjoyment for the people who like the cinema still, you know. I'll say this, too, about streaming. And it's one good thing is it forced this film to be smaller, which mm-hmm. worked so much better. I mean, it just, you know, a smaller scope, kind of scale it back to what into its roots. Yeah. And you have to be intelligent and you know creative to try to make this in a you know an entertaining film as opposed to just like yeah let's have predator kill things and blow things up i mean it has that but you have to have good characters you have to you know build kind of a world and you know uh have some good you know filmmaking <laughs> you know oh yeah and, and, and this um, movie is it's got that. It's got the filmmaking. It's got great characters all the way around and so on. It's funny because I was looking at the director and I was just trying to figure out what he did, Dan Trachtenberg or whatever. And it's mm-hmm. like he only has done one other movie, but that movie's actually a really good movie. That's yeah. that 10 Cloverfield Lane. Like I saw that. I'm like, well, that, that that's a good enough prerequisite. It's kind of weird that that's the only thing you've done, but you know, like, especially mm-hmm. in like, so he's like, you haven't made a movie in like eight years. Like it's kind of a weird one there, but, um, Sounds like they've been working on this movie actually almost ever since The Predator came out in a weird way. So Yeah, I think so. I think COVID probably slowed it down a little bit, too. And maybe this, some yeah. of the stuff, maybe it was originally intended to be a theatrical release. And then all these other things, you know, COVID and all the other yeah. things happened, kind of slowed it down. And it might be a blessing in disguise. I mean, again, I think we both would like to see this in theaters. But, yeah, you know, as somebody who doesn't get to go to the theaters as much as they used to also, um, I was yeah. pretty pretty pumped that it was there but um yeah i um i don't have a whole lot of complaints about this one i was actually very very pleased i think it's i'll go ahead and say i think that in my personal opinion i think this is the second best predator movie see and that's i was thinking the whole time i'm like it probably is i have to i want to give it like one more watch just to kind of solidify that because it's between that and predators for me because predators Mm -hmm. i still liked quite a bit and so on like that there. And I got to see that in theater. So that's always going to make it seem like it probably give it a little bit more of a higher bar anyways. But mm-hmm. um, like between those two, like this one and Predators, I think um, that, that would be kind of where it goes. But that's how good this one is. I mean, it like literally bumps up right next to Predator 1. And I think just it's, it, the other thing, too, is like I love how it has a Native American kind of cast, because that's something I always say is that you see very few movies with Native Americans in it unless they're Westerns. I mean, this one still has some Western elements to it. It would be more it would almost to me, it'd be a little bit more interesting, even though it still always works like that. If it was like one of those ones where it's like it's Native Americans, but it's like twelve hundred A.D. instead. So you just eliminate all the white people from ever being in there, because that's the one thing I always kind of wish. It's just that they just don't make just straight Native American movies. They have to always be some form of a Western. You know, that's and a very that, good point. I mean, you know, or, or like even this is not Native American in terms of North Native American, but even like Apocalypse. Well, was that in Mexico? No, that, that, Apocalypto is like the closest one because there's yeah. the only time you see Spaniards is at the very end, right yeah. before the credits, and it's just like, oh yeah, by the way, <laughs> here, here comes a boat full of disease and rape. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like that, that's how that thing. Ow, yeah, yeah, you know, um, yeah. I uh, this, yeah, you're right. You don't see a whole lot of movies like that, so I kind of enjoyed that too. And and again, the casting too. I mean, they're actually casting Native Americans as opposed, which is in the past five years or so, ten years. It's that they've gotten a little bit better about that. I mean, yeah. I think, you know, we're gone are the days of like where whitewashing is going to be that prevalent. Although James Franco did just get cast as Fidel Castro, but whatever. <laughs> okay. That's an interesting choice. Yeah. I, I, Cause I thought his career was over anyway. So, but, um, 
Yeah, it's. I think a lot of that whitewashing, like you, like Exodus, gods and kings, really Scott, and like <laughs> hey, we're gonna have you know this like a uh, Egyptian movie, and we're gonna have nothing but like we have like Christian Bale in it and Aaron Paul, <laughs> like Sigourney, <laughs> yeah. Sigourney Weaver was in it, if I'm not mistaken. See, like Sigourney Weaver, you just give her enough of a tan, and I guess you kind of see it. But I, the, so. I think also this sounds weird, like because I know people like they sometimes look at that as like sort of like when there's like a white person or even just another race plays another race, like is like oh my gosh like that thing's terrible but i think back in the day acting wise it was almost like oh it's a challenge um as far as my acting goes i'm playing something else because that's sort of like in a sense what you think about when you're when you're acting you're not playing just yourself correct you're trying to play a character and try to take on other stuff i think it seemed like in the olden days it just seemed kind of like an extent of it wasn't like nobody was thinking of it as a racial thing they're thinking like that's an extent of my acting is that i'm able to be this guy from england but i can play an egyptian in this movie now well that's you know like, what i mean that's like the whole premise behind robert downey jr's character and yeah it's it's, it's it's the acting ch- it's the super acting challenge is, is can i make this in a sense believable and i think that's something people forget that they, they look at it like it's a racist thing but i think like as an actor standpoint it's it's actually a lot different it's just and i feel nowadays actors are almost like one of those ones like i like almost nowadays you can't even have an american play a british person anymore they're like oh you racist he's an american he can't play a british person <laughs> you're like he's putting on a fake accent like what's it once again, I hate to sort of say it, but isn't that what acting is? Is you're being a fake, you're being a big phony in a sense. Like, let's be honest. I think we're, we're gonna get that point where like you can only play who you are in real life. You can't act anymore. Yeah, <laughs> that that's it. So well, so so now everybody's gonna get super typecasted. <laughs> well, it's all gonna be like it's all gonna be AI bots in the next twenty years. Yeah, that, that's true. Be... Robots are gonna do it all for us. Yeah, they're, um, they're gonna write and direct and do it. You're going to realize they're doing it better. <laughs> yeah. Um, so director Dan Trachtenberg, um, lead character, Naru, played by Amber Mid, Mid, I think it's Mid Thunder, which is a cool yeah, ass Mid name. That's, that's a dope. badass name. And that, that, that character right there was amazing. Like that's one of those ones where I'm like, you could just give me a full series of comic books based on this character. Now you could just give me all kinds of stuff. Like that could be a video game character right there. Like that character right there was, I was already sold a hundred percent. That would be a great video game character. First of all, the the rope axe was dope as fuck. Yep. That was cool. Everything, like, the thing, you know, she, like, you, you root for her instantly. Um, I, I was really, really, really pleased with this. I think it's the best. Um, I'll go ahead and say, I think that's the best character they've done. Uh you know, because he, there's not that much depth to Arnold Schwarzenegger and Predator. There's need to be. Yeah, he is. Says, he's he's Arnold, and he's playing yeah. kind of the Arnold character. He's the apex yeah. man versus mm-hmm. their apex predator, and that's kind of what it, that's all he needs to be. Yeah, and that, and you don't need to. There's not a whole lot of depth there, or even the Danny Glover really in Predator too. Or did Danny Glover's in a sense playing it's Danny Glover to fight the predator? <laughs> you know, at the end right. of the day. Yeah, this character has motivation. There's a reason that she's out there. She's got something to prove, and there's like a whole theme to it, and everything kind of ties together towards the end of the movie. Um, Like, I kind of want to... Is this what they're going to do? Like, is this what it's going to be now? Is this what Predator's franchise is going to be? Like, historical... Mm -hmm. Do you think that's what they're going to do? Well, I I always felt that's something in Predator that for the longest time, that that's something they could have done. And I know that they've done it yeah. before in the comics and things like that. It's not that this is like, you know, the first time it's ever existed in a you know form of media, but movie wise, I always felt that's almost more the way to go is, you know, take it to different places and so on like that, you know, have predator go to like samurai Japan or something like that, you know, or I even thought another one's kind of like, you take that predators concept of where they're pulling people up into space and fighting them on their own planet. But, you know, it'd be kind of cool. And this is feels like, I always feel like it's kind of like an idea from like fallout, the video game series, but like it's have it have one of those ones where like they're abducting people, but they're abducting people from different um, time periods and putting them there. Instead of just everybody from like, you know, 2006, it's literally like, Oh, here's a, here's a samurai guy. Here's a cowboy, you know, here's a knight. Here's, you know, just yada, 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 go down the list. You can find all kinds of cool stuff here. You know, here's a barbarian and just they're picking almost like just the tough people throughout time and kind of having these people kind of having to work together and so on. Like, you know, I just figure it out sci-fi wise how this all comes together oh, and why yeah. there's time travel and all that stuff. I, but I feel like that concept right there, I think would be really badass to watch, you know, but there, there's so many things you can do. 
Yeah, it's it. I think this is where they're going to go with it. Um, there is that risk of it being formulaic, like, okay, here's a Predator movie. It's set in a different place, but it's the same thing as the last one, but mm-hmm. it's in a different place. I mean, you know, so you, you have to be careful with that. But um, there's a lot of so many ideas. One idea I thought of, like, wouldn't it be cool if, like, um, there was another urban one, but it was at a mm-hmm. different time, maybe like um, pre-industrial revolution London, and there's a Sherlock Holmes-esque character trying to figure out what all these murders are happening. Yeah. And, and kind of base it off Jack the Ripper a little bit and kind of, like, well, tie that in. Well, that, that's the other thing what you do is you switch the genre up of Predator. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Because that's the thing is Predator's already a mixed genre film anyways. But the, the idea of doing, in a sense, a hardcore mystery movie that happens to have a Predator in it is a mm-hmm. cool idea, I think. You know what I mean? Like, he, and it's, it's that kind of thing where he's solving crimes like a Batman kind of thing. And as it's going on, there's just these these murders are so weird, so bizarre, and so on like that. But And you almost could kind of – you could do the thing where there's there's action, but you keep the action kind of like that, that it's quick and to the point kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you know, towards the end, if you want to have a grand finale and so on like that, but it'd be cool just to have it be hardcore into that mystery section. That might be a tough sell for the average person, but yeah, there's all kinds of things you could do with it. And I just hope that they keep making characters um, like Naru in this and all of them, because that was to me the best singular character that this franchise has ever had. I can't say that this is a better film than 87, but that yeah. might be just because it's so close to my heart. I mean, because, I mean, it it might be. <laughs> well, as well as what's like Predator 87, it's too classic. It's too, you know, defining. There's too much good stuff going on in there that I feel like it's hard. When you make a movie that good, it's so hard to top it. You know what I mean? But this movie is like, I mean, as far as like, it's like, you know, point wise, this movie still practically hits that well. Like I, as I said, I felt like I had nothing to plan about. I love things like the survival aspect. It was kind of going on yes. how she's by herself for like a long time in this movie because that's something that a lot of movies can't really do is just have a character by themselves. To me, I always think that's like one of the coolest things when you're just watching a character have to interact with nature and the environment, and then even that too is like that's something you don't see anymore. And I think for the longest time it was because of the uh, they just couldn't put animals in movies. Like, well, they still can't put animals in movies anymore, but um is you just didn't see a lot of man versus nature stuff anymore, which used to be a very, a little bit more common like theme in movies. And then that kind of went away for about 20 years. And once in blue moon, you get something that has it. But I think this one has a lot of that in there. I mean, she's fighting wolves, she's fighting a bear, she's fighting a mountain lion, all all kinds of stuff throughout this thing, you know, and then she fights a predator, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, and, um, you know, Tractable, I don't, I, I, I've only seen 10 Cloverfield Lane once, but I remember it being extremely suspenseful. And you're talking about a small scope. That film really is really a small scope. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's like a bomb shelter. Want, yeah, it's a bomb shelter. <laughs> so um, he knows how to create suspense and do things like that with just, you know, limited effort. And, you yeah. know, well, not limited effort, limit, limited, you know, resources to work with. And so with this one, you know, you have a lot more to do. Uh, that movie, I mean, you're literally in the great, you know, frontier. So there's a lot to explore, but I don't know, man, this, this was really, really good. But what really sold it was the, the end, the end battle in this. Mm-hmm. So many things end up co- coming together from other elements that happened in the movie, building up to that. But that final fight scene in the dark was so good. I love what they did with the predator blood and, you know, how bright it was and the contrast. It, everything looks so, 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 so good. I fucking loved the end of this movie. Oh, yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, when I first saw, like, when the mask kills the Predator itself, and I was like, wait a second, like, when I first was like, how does that work? Like, you think there would, there would be a safety mechanism in there that's like, oh, yeah, you can't shoot yourself. <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought that was like I, I know what it was going after because it was like it was like an auto targeting system kind of thing. But I, I did feel like it was a little bit that was about the only thing I was like a little, a little bit weird that his mask is what kills him. I mean, it, it works and it's still kind of a cool as she set it up as a trap in a sense, you know. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, other than that though, that that scene's badass. I like when her brother's fighting the predator and he's coming up in there and he's like literally dodging bolts and things like that, shooting a couple arrows and so on like that, dodging some more, jumps off his horse, has a big old battle with him. Like that part's so cool. Well, it's just, just the advantage of modern filmmaking. There's so much more you can do now, mm-hmm. and um, I would kind of almost like to see the original predator made with today's technology, just to kind of see what 
they could do a little bit more like in terms of just actual, you know, hand to hand combat really, or just like one-on-one combat. Um, yeah. Because that whole end thing was, was so, so good. Um, but yeah, I, um, I don't know. I, I really hope that they, I hope this kind of revives everything because yeah. there's so much more you could do with that. I, I would like to see them go theatrical next time, maybe. Yeah. But if if it stays in this format and stays on streaming, I'm, I can live with it, and I think it will. Honestly, I think you're going to see Alien and Die Hard kind of go this direction because I think Hulu, all those Fox properties that Disney bought, they're going to use them, mm-hmm. and I think that might you know I think Hulu might start to get some attention. You can't put Prey on Disney Plus. No, I mean you just it's just no, but you can put it on Hulu. Yeah. still reap the benefits. Yeah, it's de- definitely one of those ones there. I mean, I, I hate to sort of say, as somebody who loves the cinema, I got to sort of accept that the cinema is going to die any moment, in a sense. Like, it, they might keep some of them there for novelty purposes, but the, the average cinema, like, I feel like in 10 years, I would be kind of surprised if you could just go to a cinema in just about any town. In 10 years, they're going to be tr- treated like they're theme parks, I think. And you're going to have to journey to go get to one. There's um a whole thing with Steven Spielberg and George Lucas talking about the future of cinema. And when I if not, this is pre COVID. Yeah. Um if if not for COVID, I disagreed with them. Yeah. I think that there was a, it was a little too much doom and gloom. I think there's more optimism to be found. But after COVID, what it did to the industry you know, I mean, this, you know, AMC is basically being propped up by hipsters on Reddit. <laughs> it's like, you know, which I like that stuff. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm all for that. But it's um, it'd be interesting to see where it would be if not for just a few little safety mechanisms, because, I mean, Top Gun kept it afloat this summer. I mean, it made a billion dollars. So, yeah, maybe there's a place for it. But I don't know if every type of movie can thrive in theaters anymore. No, I definitely don't think so because once again, you're holding on for the majority of the people showing up the theaters are the the hardcore fans. It's the hard the people who really like movies and really like the theater. And once again, that doesn't pay the bills. It's it's that's that kind of thing. And I, the the thing is, is like yeah, that I think the COVID thing sped it up. I felt like the movie theater might have been on the last for about you know fifteen twenty years. That thing like instantly killed five to ten years off of it, if not more, realistically. Yeah. And it's, it's one of the ones I'm not, I'm not saying it's a doom and gloom. It's just, it, it is kind of the, it's like the inevitable. It's sort of like how I think Blu-rays or 4k Blu-rays are technically the end of physical media. I just, I don't believe there's going to be something after that. I kind of because, agree with you. Because the thing is, is, you know, I know very few people that even buy Blu-rays anymore. Like it's probably as much as I do. I mean, when I tell somebody, I probably still on average buy at least 10 plus movies, like a month. They look at me like, really? You, you still do that? I'm like, it's the main way I watch movies. Yeah. It's <clears throat> the whole industry is changing a lot. And um, also you have the, the, you know, element that just TV, you know, the TV format yeah. TV series are starting to catch up too. you got like some of these, you know, Obi-Wan aside, some of the other <laughs> series look really good. Like visually that it seemed on par in a lot of ways. And this, this probably had like more of a TV budget prey did and it looked really good. So yeah, I don't know, man. I I kind of it's going to hurt these mid tier movies. Like yeah, the, well, Nor- yeah. the Northman's a great example because it got a bigger budget than it, it probably sh- realistically should have got. Um, just based on what you know the situation is at, at hand. I'm yeah. glad it got that budget because it looked. I, great, I am but, too because that movie's still my favorite movie of the year. Like it's so good. It was it was good. I liked it, was, it overall. I like it. It's a religious experience. It's like the Passion of the Christ for Norse folk. <laughs> That's literally when I walked out of there. I'm like, man, I felt like this movie touched me. <laughs> like that. That was one of those ones. Like this made more sense to me. You know, I, don't remember. I love Passion of the Christ because Mel Gibson does it and so on like that. But I'm like, it's, it's, a, it's a Middle Eastern guy walking around. Let's let, let's be honest. But the the Northmen. I feel like there's ancestry, you know, tracing back there. Ancestral. You know what I mean? Like. 
Yeah. I would love you to be the person who write, you know, there's like little clips like before or after movies are on, on VHS covers or Blu-ray covers or whatever it says. Uh, Roger Ebert says it's the the best one. And this is Spencer Scott Holmes. It's like Passion of Christ for Norseman. Norseman. Yeah. <laughs> that to me, like, that's how I tell everybody about that movie. And like the people who get it, they're like, "Dude, I understand." Because I no, so I mean, when I saw the movie in theaters, I literally had a guy like, you know, we we're in like the grocery store at like eleven o'clock at night afterwards, getting something. And this guy like is like following us, and he comes up, and he's like, "I just want somebody to talk to about that movie." Wasn't that amazing? I was just like, "Whoa!" Followed me all the way from the theaters here. This is kind of bizarre. I literally drove here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, we had a great conversation. It was amazing because there was a shared experience there. And that movie's another one, too. With like, in a sense, I kind of call that and pray. Like, this sounds weird because most people don't associate these terms with it, but I call them like they're B movies. And what I mean by B movies is that they're not a triple A, like someone's going to throw a crap ton of money, like an Avengers movie or anything like that. I always feel B movies nowadays are kind of like, they're the second tier movies. They still go to theaters a lot of times, but they're, they're never going to be as big as blockbusters or anything like that. They're, they're not the top guns. They're not going to be a mission impossible. They're not going to be a Jurassic park or anything like that. They're going to be the movies that are still there in theaters, but they're the B movies. And that's what I feel like prey is that even the Northman, and it's not saying a B movie can be better than every blockbuster movie out there. It could be a perfect movie almost, but it's still kind of like, it's not going to be regulated as a high end movie or not high end movie as a well-seen money making, you know, picture. What concerns me though, going forward is this. uh, And we're talking more about streaming than prey at this point, but I'll, I'll tie back in. I worry about the plateau because what I, what we saw with Netflix, what eventually happened and what's they're figuring out right now is you reach a point where you've got your subscriber base. Yeah. You really can't go much higher. You know? Yeah. You got the people that you're going to get. The other streaming services, even Disney plus are still trying to get to that level. They they're close and they're on their way there. They're projected yeah. to get there, but they just, they're, you know, younger, so they haven't made it that far yet. Though so technically Hulu's actually older than Netflix. Technically, yeah. <laughs> so but they're they're working their way up to, to compete and they're trying to to get to that level. So they have incentive to oh, here's this new Lord of the Rings show coming out on Amazon and we put like eight billion dollars into and you should yeah. watch that. And Disney has incentive to make, you know, Obi Wan shows and Andor shows and Hulu has incentive to make a prey movie. What happens when they they plateau? What's their yeah. incentive anymore to to put any real budget into anything? Because you, your competition's got the same amount of subscribers as you do. You know, th- there's really not that much incentive, and that kind of concerns me going forward. With even movies like this, like you know, five years down the road, Hulu and Netflix and Disney Plus and Amazon and HBO Max are all like at the same level. And, well, yeah. You know. well, the, now the downfall is what they're doing is they're trying to split the pot between everybody, you know, and I think that's the biggest thing is because Netflix used to have the majority of the pot, but now the pot's just getting split, 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 split. And I feel the average person only has about one to maybe three different streaming things. You know, the person who likes movies and TV a little bit more might have more of them. Or if you're people like myself, you just end up going, oh, geez, I didn't realize I had eight of them going at the same time. You know, one of those kind of things. You know, I guess I should cut some of these off because I don't watch any of them because I'm just watching Blu-rays. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it's one of those ones where, um, you know, like, because that's why I feel now. It's just like, God, because now it's just like, sometimes it's like, gosh, does every network known to mankind going to have it? We're going to have the Paramount Plus. We're going to have the Peacocks. And we're going to have the CBS. Well, I guess the CBS one fused. Some of them are fusing, I guess. Is well, the CBS thing. is Paramount Plus. No. Yeah, it, it fused into that one. But um, it's just, yeah, there's just almost too many things there because it's just that sort of thing. It's kind of like, this is something I just always like, this kind of is a weird one, but like some people look at you like you're crazy, but I'm like, I always felt like I'll just use Netflix as my example. They should have just made Netflix premium where you spend like 40 bucks a month, but it's got like three times more of the content on there. Cause I think that's always the downfall to like the, when especially like the low end $10 price tags or something like that is they could only offer so much content on that low end price tag, you know, but if they had like a, and some people are like, I would never pay 40 bucks. I'm like, What'd you pay for satellite and cable back in the day? It's like, it was like a hundred dollars. Like, no, go fuck off. Like if you know what I mean? Like, yeah, if, if literally they had something where it's like, it had like a majority of the stuff. Like the one thing I always wish there was, I wish there was something like Spotify, but for movies where it's just like, 
it literally has pretty much 99% of stuff. You're going to have like a Garth Brooks or something who just is going to hold on to like physical media or something like that. But beyond that, everybody else is going to, for the most part, be on there, you know? And that's why I think that would be the cool part to have of a movie one. And I feel like that would be, it technically be worth 50 bucks a month. It sounds weird, but it's like literally knock off all the other ones. And if you just had one that had practically everything on it, wouldn't that be worth it? Here's what's going to happen. Yeah. You mentioned the fusion thing. That's already happening. I mean, even this past week, it's, uh, HBO Max and Dis- uh, what not Discovery Plus announced their merger, which I knew Discovery Plus was going to eventually go to something because it has. Yeah, that, that that was a weird one when they tried to go stand or separate. I guess. Well, it has more than you think it does because it has <laughs> HGTV. Yeah, it has um like all all kinds of the Science Channel. I think Smithsonian Network. Yeah, all these other channels are in there, and they're merging with HBO, so they're going to have all both of those things in one place. And, you know, Disney already has National Geographic and Marvel, Pixar, blah, blah, blah. And then I think you're going to see more fusion over the next few years. You might see Paramount Plus merge with like Amazon. And then, you know, and then after you get to that point, it was going to come to a point where there's going to be some type of streaming provider. And you pay us 50 bucks a month, you get all the things. But if you, there's also streaming plus where for 70 bucks a month, you also get Shudder and you get, uh, all these other little things too. It's, that's what's going to happen. It's, it's just going to turn right back to satellite TV again. It like, is. We're, we're, it we're, is. It's, it's going to be like we didn't go anywhere. We just came full circle back around. It one hundred percent. That is exactly yeah. what's going to happen. It, 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 they know it already. They're just trying to figure out where they're trying to jockey themselves in position to figure out where we're going to be when that happens. Yeah. What are I we think- gonna What are we gonna have? Because once you have once everything's bought and sold up, you're left with what you're left with. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it, that's what it is. And um, I guess even just trying to bring it back to Prey a little bit, even though it's all kind of – Prey just sort of sets off to kind of explain, like, how some of this stuff all works because this one is sort of a – it's weird because it's kind of a gateway movie for, like, stuff, but I feel like Prey is also one of those – maybe people are just hearing about it because I just – I never see enough news or anything like that, so sometimes I never know, like, exactly what's going on. But, um like in a sense, Prey almost doesn't feel like it's a movie that's going to be pulling people in to get a Hulu account. But maybe the talk about Prey and go, oh man, have you seen this new Prey movie or this you know new Predator movie or something like that? I think maybe that might be something it does. But even still, I always feel one singular movie does that pull somebody in for longer than maybe one month's worth of a subscription? Because that's the other thing too. Some people just like I mean, I've done that myself. I just want to watch one movie. You get it for a month. You get the free subscription, whatever it is. Boom, and you're like, okay, that's all I need to see. Yeah, I mean, basically, we were almost about to cancel Netflix the other day. The only reason we didn't is because uh, The Crown season five. By the way, if I, that's my show. Uh-huh. Everybody thinks I want to see my wife. I love The Crown. <laughs> I love The Crown. Um, but um, yeah, we were going to cancel it, and you know. But yeah, I think movies like I don't know. I'm. I was really pissed at Disney when they kind of put these movies in the vault, Predator, Die Hard, Alien. There's more. I think Planet of the Apes, too. Yeah. Uh, I think that's kind of going to the vault. Um, but if they do stuff with it and it's this good and they get the right people involved, then I'm all for it. I'm, I want more Predator movies now. Yeah. Um, you know, and people get over the woke stuff, you know, it's so light in this movie that like I, I don't even think I would really notice it if we weren't in this age if this movie would have came out let's just say in like 98 I don't think you would have really noticed it as much I kind of agree like I, I think people have been like oh it's a little ridiculous this 100 pound Comanche woman just slicing through these guys like hot butter there would have been some of that complaining but yeah there's always going to be that like tough guy sitting at the edge of the room you know what I mean who just they're the kind of people that won't watch a UFC fight if a woman fights because he doesn't think it's realistic <laughs> it's not realistic. I mean, I know she's bleeding. I know she lost a tooth, but it's not. It's just not real. Yeah. Uh, oh gosh. I don't know. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's that. But I mean, like to me, it's like I see. I don't mind, like, because I like that kind of like that character archetype is like what I like in a video game. It's like I, that character is like the perfect one there. Like, I, I always like to, even when I play video games, I always go for like a character like this, like the fast kind of female character that's got the kind of cool attacks and so on, like that. You know what I mean? That That's literally who I kind of gravitate to. I think that's why I like Lara Croft Tomb Raider so much. You know what I mean? Because I just think that character is so awesome. 
Yeah, I agree. And also in this too, like I, the reason I think that some of the what people need to tell up, it does show that she struggles. Like mm-hmm. she's not, she's literally not as good uh, conventionally as hunting as the rest of the guys in her group. She doesn't do it the same way, but she has ingenuity. Yeah. And she's, she figures out a way to compensate for the fact that she, she is kind of small. Maybe she isn't as strong, but she figures out something. And it's a great, I, I, I love just the progression of that character. It's not a Mary Sue character. She fucks up or mm-hmm. gets close to succeeding, but doesn't. And, um, you know, it all comes full circle at the end, but, um, yeah. Well, the cool. I was just going to say is one thing I think is kind of cool is she has a lot of practice scenes in it, which is something you don't see in a lot of movies too mm. often too, where she really is practicing. Like she and just shows the progression it gets and so on like that. Or even like, I like that scene where she gets stuck in like the bog and then she's mm-hmm. sinking into it slowly. And like, she keeps chucking her like, you know, makeshift like uh, axe with like the rope on it. And she misses a bunch of times. Like, and I think that's almost like the thing I like about it is that she's a character who like, she actually has to try a handful of times to get there, but then she eventually gets it. Because she keeps mm-hmm. practicing. She's got the determination. She keeps going for it and so on like that, you know? And I think that's kind of like what makes for the character at the end to beat the Predator is that she keeps practicing. She keeps trying. When people tell you no, you know what I mean? That do- that doesn't stop her whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and once she's mastered something, she's got to figure it out, and she knows how to use that against you. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I thought it was – I really thought the end of this was – at least on par with the Schwarzenegger and in the, in the original predator. And yeah. um, she's definitely a better character. She's definitely a better actress than pretty much almost everybody <laughs> in, in these movies. So almost, um, but uh, yeah, there, 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 there's some other good stuff there. One thing I thought was kind of weird though, is because this movie was talking the whole time, like, Oh, that pistol at the end of predator two, we're going to kind of explain how the predator gets it. Like, well, how does the predator get it? <laughs> He's dead. And this pistol's still in her. That all I get pictures. Like I was waiting for a post credit scene where like a ship comes down, shoots all of everybody. There was, was there? not a post credit scene. There was, uh, I don't know how, how much of the credits did you watch? I watched the credits, but I kind of was, I, I, I kind of skipped through towards the end. I'm like, well, I don't see anything here. I wanted to see if there was like a, and I didn't see anything pop up because it's, well, you, it's, you know how they had the like cave drawing esque. Yeah, I saw like that. Canvas drawing, I guess, where the ship comes back. Uh-huh. It shows a ship come back. Oh, that's, kind I, of I, 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 that. I do kind of, yeah, but I, I thought it was literally going to, exp- like, I thought there was going to be one of those moments almost like Predator 2 where she defeats the Predator and then, another ship kind of comes by and they almost are like congratulating her and somehow it takes the pistol or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I thought there was going to be a, that was what was going to happen. Yeah. It said it was going to explain it. it actually made it more complicated. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I definitely agree. I mean, it's, but it, I mean, I, I think it's insinuating that, they came back and killed all of them, which that kind of blows too, because yeah. Well, you know. the other thing I kind of thought too, I'm like, you know what? She realistically should have left this predator here. And, uh, the predator would have taken out all the white men coming. <laughs> I'm oh, like, man. I'm like, she, that, that's the thing is almost as well. Those ones where it's like, at the moment it seems good. I'm like, no, 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 you, you screwed up. You should have actually had the, the predator here because the thing is he looks for the conflict. If you guys just go away and you become a peace loving nation, He'll kill all those guys over there, and mm-hmm. it's it's going to work its way out. Believe me, they're not going to come back to the new world once they have they go like you know. There's this alien thing over there. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> and if there's a bunch of aliens too, you never know. But um, oh gosh, damn. Oh well, how could have rewritten history? <laughs> but I think this is what you're going to see. That to, to wrap it up, I think Prey was great. Uh, yeah, I thought it's a very worthy, um, you know entry into this franchise it did not feel like like an alternate entry because it was a tv thing it felt like it belonged in the same yeah. franchise even though it was on tv um and i think it kind of said like you know groundwork of what they can do going forward with it you know i think they got the right people involved and um i think you're going to see more of this historical predator stuff, which as long as it doesn't become formulaic, which it mm-hmm. really could be, then I think it's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, as long as you get some creative people who don't get stuck in the rut there, it definitely can. Something mm-hmm. else that was kind of interesting. I saw is just when I was looking on there, 
there was like I saw it was like, oh, there's a Comanche kind of voice track. And I, I didn't think much of it when I saw it on the Hulu thing. I was just like, oh, because I saw it afterwards. I'm like, maybe it's just like a dub. Like, like to me, I was just thinking like a, like a Kung Fu thing. Oh, there's a Cantonese version. There's a Mandarin version. Oh, OK. But then I saw when I was reading it. No, they actually shot the entire movie with different lines in Comanche instead. I'm almost like, oh, if that, if that was the case, I would have totally watched that version over it. Like. Mm-hmm. They sort of hid that one underneath the rug, but I felt like that would have made it way more impressive. I mean, I get why you don't put that one as your main version, but yeah, I, I feel that thing needs some explanation to tell you that. And then if you knew that, you're like, oh, it's not just like a dub. Like, that's awesome. Because that's one thing I think is actually is kind of interesting anyways about the movie. I like how the movie is, in a sense, all the Native Americans all speak in English. I mean, just for the fact for the audience sake, but when all the French people are there, they're all speaking in French and nobody, no subtitles, no nothing. So it gives you that feeling like, unless you're French, you're not going to know what's going on. Except for that one guy who's the translator from the Predator 2 comic book. They, um, that's really cool, actually. I'm going to watch it like that. Yeah, I, I felt like, I'm like, dude, that's definitely, the next time I watch this movie, that's totally the way I'm going to watch it. That's like a way cooler concept than like, you know, the black and chrome edition of Mad Max, which we love Mad Max. So, <laughs> but, you, but that's just like, do you want to take the color away from one of the best palettes in cinema history? But yeah. Anyway, this is actually kind of cool. Like I would, that would be a unique viewing experience. Um, I don't know if they, <laughs> if I, then all the French guys are speaking in English in this version. <laughs> <laughs> hey there, little lady. Yeah, you'd be with those, you turn it up, but they have no subtitles. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no subtitles for anybody now. So if you don't yeah. know Comanche and you don't know French, good luck. You don't know French so, to speak. So there is subtitles, though. I'm assuming Comanche. there's subtitles on the Comanche. I'm, 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 I, I was just not. joking with that part. I'm hoping there's not. I want, I want the full immersive experience. I want to be like Tom Cruise in The Last Samurai going into this movie. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm gonna. The, the more I watch it, the more I'm gonna learn these languages. I will say Valkyrie did a really good job with with the whole language transition thing. Mm-hmm. Remember that movie? Like he's writing something, he's talking, speaking in German, and as he's writing, he turns to English. And the, the only, I, I like that movie. The only thing that threw me off though is I didn't know, like when I was watching that movie in the theaters. I did not realize. It, I have a like hard time going. Like, is Tom Cruise supposed to be German, or is he just an American that just happens to be behind the lines? Because that's like I felt like it's one of those ones. Like, I kind of like if you're going to speak in English, I don't mind that. Like, that doesn't bother me at all. But like, give it a little bit of an accent, or else I feel like I like I'm confused on like who this character is supposed to be. If they're talking in like American English, yeah. and we're in like 42 or whatever, and you know, yeah, it's kind of it, it's weird that way. You know, the only thing I'll say about that movie is I hated it because. They did all that work and got so close, and then a few months later, the the war was over anyway. <laughs> the war was over, and then like they <laughs> really came just out got... in like forty three. It would have been great, or forty four, whenever the heck that happened. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Well, anyway, thanks for listening to Via VHS Fast Forward. I hope that we talked about Prey enough, <laughs> but um, we had fun with this movie. We both really liked it. It's kind of actually harder to review and nitpick it because I feel like they did such a good job. Yeah. They, they stayed true to the franchise. They stayed true to um, the quality of the, you know, the first film, at least um, maybe even you can make an argument for predator two and predators. Yeah. I, I would say it, it fits nicely into those, those ones. It's predator four is the only one that's the, the oddball out nowadays. Yeah. The predator. That's I'm going to consider that non-canon. You know what's so weird is that movie, like, there's literally a list that once you watch this movie, and it's like, hey, check out the Predator series on Hulu. They have every single Predator movie except for that movie. And I don't know, really know why that is. Like, they literally have Alien versus Predator Requiem, which is mostly the one that's kind of the least favorite of them all. And that's on there and advertised and all that stuff. And for some reason, the Predator, it's like, because that's still a Fox movie. Like, what the hell? Like, unless it's got some weird, like, Shane Black's got some weird ownership to it that... Keeps there it might, off there. There might be some type of weird, like a distribution situation, and then they got caught up in the the transition between this. All that shit's getting so convoluted. Yeah. I mean, it's just who knows anymore. Who cares? But um, I don't really have to watch it anyway. This is definitely better. Prey <laughs> yeah. was definitely better than the Predator. Oh, by um, far. Yeah, and not I, saying I, I don't I, want to give it another college try, but you know. Yeah, and I think I liked it better than, in my opinion, it's the second best one. I liked it better than Predators and, and Predator 2. Because um, uh, Predator 2 could have been really good, but had some flaws. But anyway, hope you enjoyed Predator Week. 
Um, don't know what we're moving on to next. Maybe we'll discuss that here in just a second. But um, stay tuned. A lot more via VHS on the way. Maybe some more fast forwards. I got some stuff written down, some ideas. We had a look at maybe the Jurassic World stuff because that came out this year and the whole second trilogy is over. So maybe we kind of dive into Jurassic World and give our thoughts on that. Um, and I think there's some other, you know, VHS era franchise stuff yet to come this year. I know we got some horror movies like another Halloween movie and things oh, like that. Oh, is that, so. that that final Halloween movie? Yeah, the final Halloween movie. For the final, I don't know. It's, it's been final many a times, but you know, it's like the Rolling Stones. Well, this will be the last time for sure. Yes, it never is. Anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, go to Avia VHS on Twitter, Avia VHS Pod on Instagram. Find me on TikTok at Avia VHS. Um, Spencer, you can find him at Spencer Scott Holmes a lot of places. You can find him on oldmanorange.com. You can find everything there. Um, with that, thanks for listening to this fast forward episode. Okay, just, uh, next time on a rewind review, and VHS is out.